building things. Does anyone like building things? I, I love building projects because, in fact, if we got those slides there, um, you build something, you start it, you, f you, you work on it, and then it's finished. And you can point to it and you say, I did it, I finished it, I built it, it's done. And I kind of feel like so many other parts of my life I, I do things and it's kind of like, it's never finished. I don't know if you feel that feeling ever. Uh, it's like, okay, I, I, I f we fed the kids this morning, we got them to school, they got home, but it's kind of, it all happens again tomorrow. It's like, it's not finished yet. D as a parent, does it ever feel like it's finished? No, I didn't think so. Um, so I love building things. This is a picture of our house when it was getting built. And it was so exciting going through that building process of, of God stirring in our heart the, the desire to, to, to have a home of our own and then to, to see God help us build a house and see it come to pass and then to live in it. It's fantastic. Um, it's, it's currently at the stage where uh, we have eight people in our, our family and we have a three-bedroom house. And it's a little bit crazy at times. And uh, we've, we're going through a journey, which has been some time. If you talk to my wife, she'll tell you it's been some time. Uh, but a journey of wanting to do some extensions and to see more walls go up and a, a, another bedroom or two. Um, but uh, this is something else I built. This is a, a TV cabinet I built when we first got married. And, and I, I really love building things. Maybe who did like, carpentry or, or building, uh, woodwork at school? Like year nine, year 10 woodwork? They were the good old days, weren't they? Maybe hope so. <laughs> and uh, this is another thing I built. Actually, Sally and I built this together. This, this is Sally. She's passing me the screws. Um, and uh, that, that was deck number two for me. And since then, I've gone, and built, I've gone, gone on and built two more decks. And uh, I, I love building stuff. It's fun. It's just hard to find the time to do it. And uh, I had dreams of one day maybe building my own house, literally, like with a hammer, like banging myself. I've given that dream to God, and uh, that would have to be a God thing to ever happen, because um, I ain't doing the extensions myself. Um, or maybe, you, maybe you're a sewer, and you, you, you sew things, or maybe you, you knit, or you crochet, and you make things. But I think the first step to, to building something well is to get the plans right. If you're going to build something and it's going to turn out right, you've got to first get the plans of what you want to do right. Now... I watch Grand Designs sometimes. Anyone watch that show? And I saw this one the other day where she had no plans other than in her head. And I'm like, you're crazy. And everyone else said, you're crazy. And, uh, but it turned out okay in the end. And you, maybe you're like that. And it's like, oh, I don't have to plan, Andrew. I was like, well, most of us do. Um, and to get, the, to, to get the building right, we have to get the plans right. We have to get things aligned. We have to get the foundations level and, and accurate so that you can build something that actually is solid and stands in the long term. Um, in saying that, the, the third deck that I built, it actually has an intentional skew in it because the driveway was on an angle. And to get the alignment of things right so that we have the, the deck meet with the angle of the, the dri driveway to the, the levelness of the front door, it was really tricky to get all the linings lined up. But this morning, what I want to talk about is being aligned for God's glory. Being aligned, letting our foundations be, be right, be accurate, be, be leveled be prepared and ready for God to, to do something in and through our lives. For God to, as we talked about the first week, that His plans for us are good, pleasing and perfect, but we have to be aligned. We have to allow ourselves to have the foundations leveled and, 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 and started and, and to be built on in a, in a good and in line way. 
Um, I was going to show you a picture of when, when we did the church extensions here. I did a, a, a 3D drawing thing online because um, I just love to fiddle with design things and uh, to try and help people see what it looked like. And, and I didn't really know how to use the program yet. And part of the things I did were skewed and it just made it so much hard work to get everything to look right because it would just warp things and twist things. And I think and if, if our lives aren't aligned, things get warped. We get twisted and bitter about things. We, 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 we fall over and we crumble at times because things aren't aligned how they're intended to be by our Creator God. You know, Riley's got baptised this morning. and I think, in a sense, baptism is a foundation of our Christian life. Uh, the Bible says about repent, believe, and be baptised for the forgiveness of your sins. It's not that baptism saves us, but it's one of the, the first steps of the Christian life and the Christian journey is to say... I'm recognizing that Jesus is my Savior. And I see baptism as a part of that foundation to get things lined up and ready for God to work in and through our lives. I used to have a, a car, uh, a little yellow car. Does anyone remember my little, my little yellow car, Krusty? Actually, it was Krusty 2 because Krusty 1 had a little incident. We won't go there today. Um, <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, <clears throat> I had a car. Anyway, yeah, this, this second car, uh, Rochelle and I were driving back from Bendigo one day and we hit a kangaroo. And it was a decent sized kangaroo. And I know some of you are worried about the kangaroo. I was worried about my car. I was only maybe 20 ish, 22 maybe. And, uh, and uh, we got home and uh, I picked up all the pieces that were left on the road of the grill and everything and I got the super glue out and I got some old bike spokes off an old wheel that I'd built up and, uh, and, and glued the grill back together and put it all back on and it looked just like new, almost. <laughs> but the issue was when you drove the car, when you got to about 80, 85 k's an hour, maybe 90, it started, suddenly started to be this weird vibration and, and it was kind of, you got to 95, 100, it was fine again, it was all good. But it kind of made me investigate and I looked under the car and sort of noticed that part of the chassis was sort of bent up just a tiny bit. And I think the whole car, I'm no mechanic, but uh, I think the whole car was kind of skewed and out of alignment. And um, praise God that car was in another incident and uh, unfortunately Rochelle was in it, but she was okay and we got the insurance money and then I could buy a Mini and that's much better. But um, <laughs> God works in mysterious ways and uh, the old bent car was got rid of but there was, there was a, something out of alignment and my brother who's a mechanical engineer was in the car with me one day and he was as we're speeding up he's like Andrew there's something wrong with this car <laughs> it's shaking like as you go through the 85 it's like the, the sound barrier where you just, that's anyway when there's not an alignment there's, there's vibrations and there's, there's things that happen that sort of start to make things fall apart and it's not healthy and it's not good. And God wants us to be in alignment that our life is how He wants it to be, how we were created to be. Think of a, a relay race and you, you, you're in the race, you're, you're ready to go, you, you, your teammate starts and he's running and he comes around the bend and you're looking and you're getting ready to run and you suddenly go, hang on, I'm in the wrong lane. And it's, alignment is important and alignment is critical so that we're not disqualified and we don't miss the race that we're intended to run. I want us to think about what is the race that God wants us to run for His glory this morning and how can we be a little more aligned. Um, let's just pray together now before we read God's Word together. Lord God, we just thank You for Your plans and Your purposes for our life, that they are good and pleasing and perfect. 
We thank you, God, that you created us and you know us. You know how we are intended to live. And God, I just pray this morning that you would continue that work of transforming us and shaping us for your glory. That, God, you'd help us to be a little more aligned with your plans and your purposes for us, God. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us. And just pray that you would speak to our hearts. Speak to us, Lord, and help us to understand your word. We thank you, Lord, for the Bible that teaches us and helps us to know what is true and right and how we should live, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to turn to 2 Timothy and chapter 3 this morning as we continue our series on being transformed for a glorious purpose. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says this, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They'll slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. There's a hard line. Verse 6. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teaching, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janus and Jumbres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jumbres. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in this is and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, in Iconium and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have been given... And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for t to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Paul writes to Timothy and, and in chapter 3 we see him saying to Timothy, God has a plan for you, Timothy, and it's not to go that way. It's not to go this way, Timothy. Lots of people are going to do these things. People are going to love pleasure more than God. They're going to slander other people. They're going to gossip, and they're going to be proud and boastful and rude, but this is not your way, Timothy. Heaps of people around you might be saying it. Heaps of people around you might be doing it, but this is not your way. 
You know, Timothy, that this is God's way for you. This is his plan for you. This is his desire for you, Timothy. And it will go well for you if you follow this path for you, Timothy. It may not be easy. You may still face persecution and suffering. But this is the way for you, Timothy. Don't go that back that way. Go this way, Timothy. It goes on to talk about how Janice and Jumbres led others astray, but then they, the, everyone became aware of their foolishness. And Janice and Jumbres, the Israelites and Timothy would have known who Janice and Jumbres were. They, they're not included in the scripture, but um, if you look at the, the, the text of Pliny the Younger and other Jewish texts, Pliny, um, so Janice and Jumbres were were talked about as the two magicians who, when Moses went before Pharaoh and he, he performed the miraculous signs, it was Janice and Jumbres who tried to copy and imitate what God did through Moses. And we know that they copied the, the staff and they copied some of the other things, but then they're like, whoa, who is this guy? Because we can't do this. And then it says that they were actually some of the ones that fled from Egypt with the Israelites after the Passover. And Janice and Jumbres went out into the wilderness and it was at Mount Sinai when Moses goes up on the mountain that Janice and Jumbres are accredited as two of the people who said to Aaron, he's like, this Moses guy has left us, we don't know what to do, God isn't here, let's build a golden calf and just worship that. And they build the golden calf and it was Janice and Jumbres that are accredited as these, these I'm trying to think of fools... <laughs> who ignored God's command and just continued to ignore who he is and do their own thing. And he said, Paul says to Timothy, don't be like these guys. You know, you have seen God's power. You have seen what he has done. Don't be like Janice and Jumbris. Don't go back to worshipping other things. Don't think other things are going to make you feel fulfilled and ignore God. Don't go that way, Timothy. Don't go back there. I wonder if you've ever done something to try and help yourself feel better and then you realize actually it was a really stupid idea. Maybe you've looked back and thought, why did I do that stupid thing? And the reality is because you were trying to make yourself feel better. That second tub of ice cream was not a good idea. That second packet of Tim Tams was not a good idea. Staying at work longer and later, week after week after week to try and just get a little bit further ahead was not a good idea. I wonder how do we try and make ourselves feel a little bit better that is totally counterproductive. Homes are destroyed when people chase after things to make themselves feel a little bit better when actually it just destroys their lives. You know, addictions and those kinds of things don't happen because people want to destroy their lives. Addictions happen when someone thinks something will make them feel a little bit more pleasurable or a little bit more happy it could be a substance it could be a thing but people try something and think oh this makes me feel better for a moment and then they get hooked and an addiction forms when when that, it's not that they want to get addicted it's not that they want to destroy their life it's because something made them feel a little bit better and they're just trying to find a little escape for a moment but let's not go after things that destroy us A couple of weeks ago, we did, I did a message about gratitude, about being thankful to God for the things that He's given us. And I, I talked about not, being, not letting our dreams of future blessings or our, 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 our goals in life distract us from today's blessings, the current blessings we have today. 
But I want to make a, 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 another statement that kind of at first maybe seems contrary to the other one, but it, it's not. It says, don't get so focused on the adventure that you forget about the destination. Don't get t- so tied up in this life about trying to feel good today or maybe even about the, the, the challenges you have in the adventure today or in the journey of life today that you forget about the de- destination that you're traveling towards, the goal that you have in life. Don't get so tied up in the life today that you forget about where you're going. Rochelle and I were in Geelong a number of years ago before we were officially even going out with some friends and we were, we were down there and had a great day at the beach and we are in Geelong and... Uh, our friends were staying in Geelong, we had to come back on the train, so we went to the train station, jumped on the train, and we got on the train, and we are just chatting away, and sort of 20 minutes goes by, we're just still chatting, and we're having a great time. Um, I was having a great time. I thought we both were, it was mutual. <laughs> and uh, it, we're just chatting and having a great time, and I look out the window after about 20, 20 minutes or so, and it's like, oh, why are we still in the station? <laughs> And we're kind of like, okay, well, we've sort of gone to the door and stuck our heads out and talked to the conductor. It's like, ah, is this train still going to Colac? Like, is there a problem or what's going on? He's like, the train for Colac left 20 minutes ago. It's, it's gone. And like, well, where is, where is this train? It's going to Melbourne in five minutes. And we're like, what? No way. It's like, if we had just sat there talking some more and enjoying our beautiful conversation, we'd ended up in Melbourne completely in the wrong direction. We were having a wonderful time. I was having a beautiful conversation with this girl that I really, really liked. But we don't want to get so caught up on the, 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 the things that we're doing and, and having a great day or trying to overcome the challenges we have that we forget about what direction we're going or if the fact that we're not even moving. I wonder as Christians, if we sometimes get stuck on the train and we just sit in the, in the station and don't go anywhere, we forget about actually moving and growing and going forward with God. Let's not get so focused on today that we forget about what direction in life we are headed. We want to be aligned for God's glorious purposes for us. You know, His plans are good, pleasing and perfect. But I don't know how sheltered your life has been or not, but if you hang around with the right people long enough, or maybe I should say the the wrong people long enough, there is nothing in this life that you will not be encouraged to do. There are so many people who are, well, it doesn't matter where your boundaries, your, your lines you've drawn in your life and said, I'm not doing that thing. Wherever your lines are in life, if you hang around with the, right, the wrong people long enough, you'll be encouraged to cross those lines. And we need to know what we stand for. We need to know what we are about. We need to know what our, our God-given calling is in this life and not be drawn to come after things that are not God's plan for us. This morning I want to give you three checks for your alignment with God. Three, three things that you can think about to, to think about, is my life truly aligned in the way God would want it to be? And I, I saw an ad for a certain company and decided to sort of adapt it a little bit and we made it Paul's three-point safety check to make sure you get where you're going safely. <laughs> Um, so hopefully when you see this ad in the future, you'll be like, oh, is my life aligned? Is my suspension out? Is my ride a little bit bumpy? Because actually my whole life is skewed. Uh, I was actually going to edit this slide and I forgot. Because that word safely, I think we can interpret wrongly. I think this, these things will help you be aligned in your life 
and it will help you get to that destination that God has for you. But sometimes you won't feel safe. And it's not about just trying to be safe and comfortable. It's about getting where we want to go, where God wants us to be. And that is the safety we want to stay in. We want to stay within his plans for us. It's not about us feeling safe and secure and all padded in cotton wool and lovely. It's about getting where God wants us to go. So here's Paul's three-point safety check for us. Point number one. Are you aligned with Christ? We cannot have the life that God intended for us if we are not aligned with Christ. The Bible says we have all sinned, we have all ignored Him and done our own thing. We are selfish and rebellious in our heart, every single one of us, and I include myself. But Jesus Christ came for us to die for our sin so that we would not have to be separated from a perfect, pure, holy God. Think of God as He's the light of the world. God is the perfect light of the world and darkness cannot come into His presence. And all of us who have sinned, we cannot come before a holy God as as sinful people. But Jesus took our punishment so that we could be made holy and righteous, that we could come and be aligned with Christ, that we could know Him, that we could have relationship with Him, and that we could have eternity with Him and become more and more like Christ. Are you aligned with Christ? Have you recognized what Jesus did for you upon the cross? And maybe today you haven't. You know, the Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, anyone who puts their faith in Him will be forgiven and made new. It's like the, the baptism we had before. It's, it's someone is, is, is one person, but you put your faith in Jesus Christ, they still look the same. In God's eyes, they are a new person. And baptism is about bearing the old life that maybe we can't see any physical change, but it's a new person with new desires and new motives that we no longer aligned with the world, we're aligned with Christ and we're living for Him. Are you aligned with Christ? Not were you aligned with Him last week, not did you align your life with Him a year ago, 10 years ago. Are you aligned with Christ? Paul says to Timothy, Don't just act religious. Or some translations say, don't just have a form of godliness, Timothy, and deny the one who can make you holy and righteous. You know, we can be a good person. We can do kind things. We can do good things. We can be helpful for people. But if we just do those things to look godly and don't come to the one who actually forgives our sin, we are still a sinner in God's sight and we will face judgment. We cannot just try and act more godly to earn God's approval. We can't do it. And God says, but you know what? I love you so much. I've done it all for you. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. And we simply have to come and say, thank you, Jesus. And every morning I want to wake up and say, God, thank you for this day. Lead me in your purposes. Let's not go on a year from now and be so way off track that we are no longer aligned with Christ at all. Let's align our lives day by day. Check number two. Sorry? Yeah, many will do those other things, but you know the truth. You've heard it today if you've never heard it before. Let's be aligned with Christ. Point number two. Are you aligned with other followers of Christ that you trust? 
Paul says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, you know my faith. You know the hope I have in Jesus. You know how I endured through these persecutions. You know how I, 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 what I teach. You know the things that I've said. You, Timothy, you know me. It's not just that he knew Christ. He knew Paul and he knew how Paul was living out what it means to be a follower of Christ. And Paul's encouraging Timothy, don't just... Start to try and work this out yourself, Timothy. You know what I've taught you. You know the truth. Live the truth. You know, it's, it's so important for us. It's, I think it's so awesome for us that God doesn't just say, believe in me, become a Christian, and then just go live life. He said, believe, be baptized, and, and, and be joined into the body of Christ. You, you become a part of the church so that we can encourage one another and to keep ourselves aligned. And I'm so glad that we're not just one little church on our own that has nothing to do with any other church because we're not the answer for the world. Jesus is. And we want to be a part of the whole church. That's why we have conferences with other churches and we get together and, and, and people say things and it grates on us sometimes and we say things and it grates on them. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Hopefully it doesn't happen too often. But, you know, it, it, it's good for us to be challenged in what we believe. It's good for us to think through and discuss and, and go back to scriptures with other people and say, wow, you guys, you guys think that? It's like, well, we understood it this way. And then we, as we talk about it, we can understand what God is actually saying. It's so critical for us that we are not called to be followers of Christ on our own, that we're to do life together. That's why life groups are so awesome. It's such a, a, a great thing to get to know each other and to be able to help each other live a life of following Christ. And I think Paul would say to us, allow other people to know you. Allow other people to see your faith, to, to, to be like Paul to Timothy and say, you know what the Bible says. You know the way I live. You know the way God's transformed my life. You can't deny it. You know me. You understand what's happening in my life. But if people don't know you, they can't say that. God has called us to be disciples who make disciples. And I want to encourage you as a disciple of Christ to let people into your life, to understand your challenges, your desires, your struggles, your joys, to let people truly into your life, to understand what you're about, what makes you tick, even those things that you don't like about you that make you tick. Let people in. And as we let them in, we also want to let other people in that can speak into our life. When our, when our motives, when our alignment is getting a little off, that can speak to us and say, hey, what's going on here? What are you doing? That can pull us up and say, hey, are you living a life that honors Christ here? Are you doing what God has commanded you in this? Are you being faithful? Because we need it. Bible says the human heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. We need one another to pull each other up, to help each other stay aligned with Christ. In Galatians 2, I've just been reading Galatians this week, and Paul says about how he, he goes and meets with the other disciples. After 13 years, he goes in Galatians 2 and he meets with James and John and Peter and and. He's kind of says he, he, he wants to check to see that his preaching hasn't been use, useless. I kind of wonder if there's some opposition going on in Paul's life and he goes and he, he meets with them and he says, and I have this time together and he's like, this is the message I've been preaching. And they're like, amen, and it's good. And Tim, I kind of get the sense that Paul goes, oh, fantastic, because this is so hard. 
And we need those moments to sort of say, this is what I've been doing and I've been trying to do this for God. And, and it's like, and it's hard. And people can say, yeah, but keep going. We all need that at times. We need each other. Point number three. Check number three to keep our life aligned with Christ. Are you aligned with God's word? Because in reality, if you don't know God's word, if you have not read the Bible, if you have not reading the Bible, then you cannot do those other two things. If you do not know what the, the Bible says about who Jesus is, we can't be aligned with him. If we don't know what the Bible says, we don't know those that we can trust who are teaching what's true to God's word and, and be in good relationship with those people. We need God's Word. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't read through a whole... Oh, let me just take a step back. If you haven't read the Bible and you call yourself a Christian, I want to make a challenge for you to say, read the Bible. Cover to cover. Finish it. As a 16-year-old, I, I, I decided I cannot call myself a Christian and not have read the Bible. Because that's crazy. How can I call, say I'm following Christ if I don't even know what Christ's Word says to me? And I began to tick off every page as I went through the Bible and I, until I got every page ticked. I thought, yes, now I need to read it again because I forget what it says. I don't have one of those photo recall memories. And I want to encourage you if you, haven't, if you haven't read through a book of the Bible from cover to cover, like maybe five, six pages, whatever it is, of any book of the Bible in the last six weeks, I want you to make it a goal for this week. Set aside half an hour and just read through the book of James, the book of 2 Timothy, book of Mark. Read it through from cover to cover. It wasn't rent, meant to be read chapter by chapter one day at a time. It was a letter written to a person or a people and it's intended to be read in a context of the whole thing. And I want to encourage you to, to not just do that once and go, awesome, did it Pastor Andrew, I'm, I'm going well. We need God's Word. We need to be daily renewing our minds by His Word, that we would be transformed for His glory. And we go through stages in life where that's easier and difficult, but I want to encourage you, keep pursuing God's Word. Keep loving His Word. Be aligned to His Word. Verse 16 and 17 says this, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God. I actually don't like that translation very much. Uh, other translations say, All Scripture is God-breathed. It is His Word. It is not just what people made up and God sort of said, yeah, that's pretty good. It's God's Word to us. And some, some people might say, well, that's crazy. How can a person write down God's Word? Well, if God can create the heavens and the earth, I reckon He can inspire someone to write something on His behalf. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You know, I'm no mechanical engineer, but I knew that my car was out of alignment because I knew it should not shudder when I drove it. But if I'd never been in a car that, wasn't, that was aligned properly, I could have just gone, oh, this must be normal. It's supposed to make the whole car shake when you get to 85 k's an hour. We need to read God's Word and see what is true, what He says, what is normal and right for a Christian life. And know what His Word says. It teaches us, it helps us realize when something is wrong. It helps us know what His plans are for our life. And His plans are good, pleasing and perfect. He is not a bitter, twisted, angry God. 
He's a God who loves you. And he wants to help you and lead you and transform you for a glorious purpose. That you could know the life that he designed you for. I want to play a video uh, this morning that hopefully will stick with you and help you remember some of these points this morning. And uh, just before we play the video, you know, there's so, so some things that can be so attractive to us that can make us think they're wonderful and we can chase after those things and they are, they are totally dangerous. But there is... A, another way and we need to know that way and go after it can we have that clip guys maybe if we can kill the lights and make sure we've got sound thanks guys <laughs> it's coming I'm saying that by faith <laughs> Would you drop it? You dropped it! That was my only chance of finding my son. Now it's gone! Hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dorino singing. Dory. I love to swim in. Dory. When you want to swim, you See, I'm gonna get stuck now with that song now it's in my head. Sorry. Dory, do you see anything? Ah! Something's got me! That was me, I'm sorry. <gasps> Who's that? Who's that? Who could it be? It's me. Are are you my conscience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your conscience. We haven't spoken for a while. How are you? Mm, can't complain. Yeah, good. Now, Dory, I want you to tell me. Do you see anything? I see a. I see a light. A light? Yeah, over there. Hey, Conscience, am I dead? Oh, I, I, I see it too. What is it? It's so pretty. I, I'm feeling happy, which is a big deal for me. I want to touch it. Oh. Hey, come back. 
Come on back here. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna swim with you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna be your best friend. Good feelings gone. the rest <laughs> when Dora I, I love what Dory says what do we do when life gets us down just keep swimming just keep swimming everyone say it together just keep swimming just keep swimming I want that line to get in your head but I want to also say don't just keep swimming in any direction keep swimming in the right direction because it's important it doesn't it's not about just keep swimming in any direction you feel like we want to be aligned and keep going in the direction God has for us some things give us good feelings they make us happy which can be a big deal as Marlon says but some things that seem to make us happy at first are totally destructive and we need to be so careful that we don't get drawn in by things that that people or Satan even would want to cause us to get drawn in by that would totally lead us our family our friends who knows who many astray and into destruction where were they going Pete Sherman, 42, Wallaby, Sydney. that's it Pete Sherman 42 Wallaby Way Sydney what happens to the rest of the movie movie he says it over and over and over and over again. P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. And you get so stuck in your head, you're going to be saying that all afternoon. P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. Because they don't want to forget where they're going. They don't want to forget where it is, even though they don't yet know where on earth that is. They want to know where they're going and keep going that direction. And we need to keep coming back to God's word that reminds us the true way that we are meant to go. Psalm 119, verse 105, I think we've got it on the screen, says, God's word is 
a lamp to our feet. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. There are so many things that try and be lights to us, to attract us, to draw us in, but they're not God's light. They're not His way. And we need to know what God's word says and remind ourselves day by day to meditate upon His word. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. No, have memory verses and things in our mind that remind us of who God is and what His plans are for us. That's why I love the songs that we sing, that they get in our heads and you, you go home and you sing the songs and they're stuck in your mind and you remember, I am who you say that I am, Lord. God, you are able, you are for me, not against me. And those songs, those scriptures that get in our mind, and we need to remind ourselves day by day, week by week, that we would stay aligned with God's plans and his purposes for us. I want to pray, and I'm going to ask the band to come, and we're going to finish this morning. We're going to finish by singing about the goodness of God. But I just want to pray for all of us here today, that God would do a work in us that He is the one that transforms us and changes us. And I just want to pray that God would do something in us, that we would be more aligned with Christ, that we would be more aligned with one another, and we would become more and more aligned with His Word. Let's just pray together now. Lord God, we thank You for Your amazing grace for us. God, we thank You that You do not draw us in and then lead us astray. But God, You, are, you love us. Your plans are good and pleasing and perfect. And God, I just pray that you would help us to allow you to do your work within us. God, where our thinking has been out of whack, where we're bitter and bent and twisted, that God, you would do your work, that you would realign us with your plans for us, God. That you would do your transforming work, that you would align us more with Christ. God, you, where, there's, where there's issues between one another, God, you'd help us to, to sort out those differences, to recognize we're all different and that's okay, but to be aligned with one another so, so we can live and encourage one another in this journey. Help us, Lord, not to get so distracted, so caught up in the challenges or even the joys of things that are happening in our lives today that we forget about which direction we're going. And God, I just pray for every person here that, Lord, on that day that we meet you, on Judgment Day, whether it be the day we die or the day that, Lord Jesus, you return to this earth, that, God, we would hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. That, God, we would continue to run this race for your glory, that we would stay on track, that we would pursue you with everything we have and follow after you all the days of our life, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.